excited. All the little ones are going to little church. And all us older ones are saying, me too, me too. I want to go, I want to go. Well, you can't. You've got to stay, all right? It's good to be with you again. Uh, we gathered last week, and you checked me out to see if I could preach. Uh, I see a few empty seats this week, so a few of them decided I couldn't. So they're right, you're wrong, but we're going to go on anyway, okay? And I also wanted to find out if you could listen. And so we're going to give a little test because we got together and we talked about why God has given us the purpose to exist as a church. And we just looked at the first book of of the New Testament. Matthew went over to the last chapter and looked at that great commission that he gave us. And uh, he said, uh, uh, you have an authority. And we discovered who's our authority. Yeah, you listened well. Good. Jesus is our authority. I'm not your authority. Jesus is our authority. But then he also gave us an assignment. He gave us something to do as the people of God. Do you remember what those three things were? Make disciples is the first one. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then, boy, that's cutting straight to the chase, you know, not teach them to obey, just obey, yeah, I like that, yeah, and that's what it was about, and he said, during all of this, there is an assurance that you have, and what's the assurance we have as believers? He is with us. You will never go anywhere by yourself. As a believer in Jesus Christ, He's taking up residence in you by the power of the Holy Spirit, and He is with you. You'll never have to worry about speaking to somebody, but what He's right there, helping you to speak, and we have that assurance. Now, I would dare say, if I were to ask any believer, is that the truth, they would say, Amen. Or that too. (laughs) truth of the matter is we give head knowledge to it more than we give lifestyle to it. Why do I say that? Because there are statistics that tell us that. And yet we want to do it. We know it's the truth. We want it to be part of our lives, but it just scares us to death. Or it does me anyway. And and What we need is some kind of a transformation to take it from the the head knowledge truth to the lifestyle application where we really are about that. Wherever we're going, we're just talking about Jesus because He is our authority and He's promised to be with us. And so we we just kind of overflow that. And every conversation is not a conversation about Jesus. That's truth. With Jesus, not every conversation was about Him telling the truth about who he was. He was just there, but the opportunities came and he stepped in and he did them. And and so what kind of a transformation does it take? I think the key transformation is for us to understand love. June is the love month. Um, uh, It used to be the month when the most weddings were. I did research this week. It's June is no longer the month when the most weddings occur. I was surprised. Yeah. So um, that's not true anymore. It's third now. But it's a real close third. But we're going to study about love this month because I think 
for us to understand the truth of the love will help us to then incorporate this into our lifestyle more about what we just talked about. Because I want you to understand, God is madly in love with you. Whether you know it or not, God is madly in love with you. And if we can ever learn to fall madly in love with Him, we'll find ourselves doing our assignment and we can't keep from doing it because we do it out of love. It's not out of the threat. He says, you guys have got to do this. It's that he said, I want you to do this. I want you to get in on what I am about. And that is helping folks get in contact with him to experience his love. And in Genesis, we really see how love is manifest to us. And so I want you to turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1. And we're going to look at the first three chapters this morning as our primary focus. And we're just going to kind of race through different highlights of that particular uh, passage of Scripture in Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3. And we're going to see how the love of God is manifest to us. And the neat thing about love is love and intimacy go together. And, and when we really see this, even in the first chapter when we look at this, we see that God loves us so much that he desires intimacy with us. And so we go right to the beginning. It says in, in Genesis 1.1, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. He created all of this. And then, and then he begins to go through this first chapter talking about how he created it. And there's some unique things about this in here. We get down there into verse 3 and it says, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light was good. And then it says, down toward the end of verse 5, And there was evening and there was morning the first day. I don't know whether you find that an interesting uh, phrase, but I do. The end of the first day, there was, there was what? Evening and there was morning. We do it different. It's morning moving to evening. But when God was looking at it, He said, first thing I'm going to create is light. He said, let there be light. And there was evening and morning of the first day. And what I get from that is an understanding, and I think it will help us because there's arguments all the time, even among believers. Was that literally a seven-day, 24-hour-a-day creation? I don't know. I know God said it was the first day, but I also know the Scripture say, says a day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is that a day. I think what he's trying to say here when he inspired Moses to pen this is, listen, don't get hung up on time. I'm telling you about God's timing and God will work in His particular way in His particular time. And if He says that all took place in a day, whether it be one second or one day or 1,000 years, it doesn't make any difference because God did it. And He created out of nothing everything. God's Word said that. And He goes on to say in verse 6, And God said, Let there be the expanse in the midst of the water and let it separate the waters from the waters. 
And there was evening and there was morning the second day in verse 8. In verse 9 it said, And God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruits. And on down to verse 12, and God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let there be signs for seasons and for days and for years. And in verse 18, and God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the waters swarm with the swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every creature that moves. And in verse 21 at the end, and God saw that it was good and there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And in verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. And male and female, he created them. And then in verse 31, And God saw that everything as he had made, and behold, it was very good. Now, I don't know in that quick reading the highlights of a few verses and phrases out of that first chapter if you saw it but there was something very significant that happened the first five days we were rolling along and God said and God did and it was just it was just moving but did you know something did you notice something different about the sixth day what it was very good it was changed that was after the creation of mankind But did you notice God didn't say, let there be man, let there be woman. He said, no, 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 that's okay. I can speak everything else into being, but I am about to do something to express my love to my creation that is so absolutely special. It's not enough to say, I could, I could say, Man, become. And man would have become. And the same with woman. But he said, I'm going to create them. And he goes on there to to say, he says, so God created man in his own image. And in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And then in chapter 2, we see he talks about how he created them. And that's where it really, really gets special. Look at verse 7 of chapter 2. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. I 
don't know whether you really can get this or not. I can't. I'm struggling with it. But there is something extremely special about this. God loves us so much and he desires intimacy with us so much that for the first five days he spoke things into creation. But when it came to mankind, he said, I'm going to get my hands dirty in this. I'm going to do more than speak. I am going to create. And if you'll allow my imagination to run... I read for you what the scripture says. It says he formed him out of the dust. But when I think of my heavenly father and what he did, my mind begins to run with it. And I begin to see God saying, you know, this is good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I got the lights and, and the plants and the animals and everything. But now... This dirt that I spoke into being. This dirt that I spoke into being. I'm going to form it together. And I'm going to do something special with it. And he started forming little toes. I think think I'll do a big one. Yeah need to remind them not to walk through the darkness without shoes. They'll stub that big toe and it'll hurt. (laughs) Oh, and then the little pinky. Because this little piggy went, wee, 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 all the way home. (laughs) I just sensed the joy that he saw what was going to happen with mankind. And then he, he started putting together those ankles skinny little ankles that are going to hold up the structure of this man. And then he began to continue to scoop up the dirt and he, he built legs, strong legs that could take a man through life. And then he chiseled him at the waist. Some of us not so chiseled at the waist. But I think Adam was chiseled at the waist and broad in the shoulders. And I, I can just see... God is smiling all of the time, taking this dirt, this old common dirt, and forming it into a man. And then he forms that face, that unique face. I'm looking at you. I don't see anybody that looks like me. Praise God. And you are unique too. You are unique. And he formed this Adam. I'm looking forward to meeting Adam. I want to see what the original creation looked like. I know it will be a heavenly body now, but it's going to be cool. And then God steps back and he says, Now that's a man. But he's still just out of dirt. And then because he loved that man so much, he got right down in his face and he said, no, he didn't. He did. 
then all of a sudden, the man began to breathe. And man became a living creature, not because God spoke him into being, because God molded him out of the very dust that he had made and created him to be a living being. And we pick it on up. And if you go to verse 20 of chapter 2, and the man gave names to all the livestock and to the birds of the heaven and to the, every beast of the field, but for Adam there was not found a helper for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon man, and while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. And then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. The woman likewise was a special creation. Adam, after God had created him, he went around and he named all of the animals and the trees and everything. And, and, but uh, there was no helper for him. And he needed a helper. God knew he needed a helper. And Adam looked at God and said, You know, God, there's some really neat things that you've created, but the duck-billed platypus, I, no. I, that's not my helper. That's a weird-looking thing you created there but it's cool and then he looked over at the elephant and he said oh, that's more than I can handle and then he looked at the giraffe and he said oh, if that's my helper she'll need lots and lots of necklaces and jewelry and I can't handle that God said Adam take a nap got a plan so Adam fell asleep a deep sleep God opened him up God took one of his ribs and he closed the womb and then he took that one rib and like he formed man he formed a woman now ladies I don't know what you think about us but I know what men think about you. God did a good job. He did a real good job. He worked on us and kind of got a working model, but he said, I can improve this, and I'm going to make a woman. Yeah. And Don't you love what Adam said as he's captured there? And he said, he said, This at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman. Because she was taken from man. I know I'm probably going to get thrown out of here, but my imagination runs wild. I have the sneaking suspicion that Adam probably said that because he said, this is going to get recorded in Scripture someday, so I better do something, you know, like this small step for man, big step for man. I better think this through. So he said it. But I think what really happened when he woke up from his sleep and he looked up and he saw Eve, he went, Woohoo, man! 
that's good, God. And God said, no, that's very good. And they entered into the marriage relationship to demonstrate that out of this love that God has for us, He desires intimacy with us and that we don't just experience His love, but we experience His intimacy. Do you know how much God loves you and desires to walk with you absolutely every moment of every second of your life? But then we get to chapter 3. And the intimacy is shattered, but God's love remains. Verse 1, chapter 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than the other beast of the field, and the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God actually say to you, You shall not eat of any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of your eyes, eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. That is an outright lie. Did I not read... So God created them in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. He only changed one word. He put not in there. God said, if you eat of the tree in the midst of the garden, you will surely die. And the serpent said, you will not surely die. One, three, letter, word, change. So when the woman saw the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate and she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. And their eyes were both opened and they knew they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. Eve blew it. And so did Adam. Eve listened and she took the fruit and she ate. But Adam was standing right there with her. And if Adam would have done what he should have done as the head of the family and said, Eve, no, God said, and both are guilty And when they get in a conversation with God here in just a moment, everybody's trying to blame everybody else. And isn't it a perfect illustration of who we are today? It's not my fault, it's their fault. If they had done this, I wouldn't be here. And all of a sudden, intimacy is destroyed between the husband and the wife. It's destroyed between the man and the woman and God. Everything is just messed up bad except God's love. God's love. Because look, it says there, 
in verse 8, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and, the, and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the garden. But the Lord God called a man and said to him, Where are you? Question. Did God know where they were? <laughs> yeah. Obviously so. He knows everything. Why ask such a silly question then? I think the question was to Adam. Adam, do you know where you are? You've moved out of that intimacy that we had together. And now you're trying to hide from me. But my love, it hasn't changed. My desire for intimacy hasn't changed. You've changed. And you've withdrawn yourself. But I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay. And, and, and look how he demonstrates his love. He's there and he said, I'm listening to all these arguments and I see that you're deceived by Satan. It says there at the end of verse 13, the serpent deceived me and I ate. And God said, yeah, you were deceived because you weren't tuned in to me at that point. And so we find mankind now in this awkward situation. But there's good news. Because as you go on over to chapter uh, 3, verse 21, and we see that even though the intimacy had been destroyed, even though God's love remained, God's desire for intimacy never changes. And he keeps on keeping on to develop that intimacy because he never stops loving and look what it says in verse 21. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin, and he clothed them. God pursued them and said, I'm going to take care of you. And we see the first blood sacrifice that begins to paint the picture of what Christ is going to do in the days ahead. And he said, I'm going to follow after you. I'm never going to leave you alone. I'm going to keep after you because my love never stops. And I want you back in this intimate relationship and we'll start with baby steps, but we'll go on and we'll rebuild it. Go on down to verse 23, and therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden. God cast Adam and Eve out of the garden to protect them. Which says, he drove them out of the east garden and, and put a cherubim there in verse 24 and a flaming sword to turn them away to guard the way to the tree of life. He said, right now, you know good and evil, but I don't want you to eat from the tree of life because if you eat from the tree of life, you will die in that situation and we will never be together again. So I'm going to protect you. I'm going to pursue you because I love you and I'm going to protect you because I love you. And I'm going to work on bringing this love to fullness and intimacy just like back when I was molding that dirt 
forming that rib into two unique people that I love. And he keeps trying to restore that intimacy because he never will stop loving us. So what's the point of all this? Where am I going? T-Mac, what's, what's this got to do with us and the Great Commission? Everything. He is madly in love with us. And when we fall madly in love with God, all of a sudden we will want to do the things of God. I remember when I first began falling in love with the woman who's been my wife for well over four decades. And I hated Chinese food. All those little worm-looking things, noodles and mixed-up vegetables. They're not separated meat. All this stuff. But Ginger loves Chinese food. Where do you want to go eat? Let's go to Chinese. Oh, really? Okay. I loved her and I wanted to do what she wanted to do. Guess what one of my favorite styles of food is nowadays? You got it. I could eat Chinese all day long. Because love makes us do things that at first we seem uncomfortable with, but then we begin to see the joy in it, not only in doing it, but in the joy of the one who has tasked us to do it. Look at Psalm 139 as we wrap up. Psalm 139. Here's the bottom line for us. You know this passage of Scripture if you've been in the Word much at all. Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. For you formed me, you formed my inner parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul. It is well known. God created Adam, he created Eve, and he created you and me. He put us together with that same loving relationship where we were in the womb of our mothers. And then turn over to 1 John. 1 John, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Love is not a characteristic of God, as it is just the actual being of who God is. God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world that we might live through Him. And in this love, not that we have loved God, 
But that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Listen, God initiated it all. And God is love, and he's called us to love and to get in on this intimate relationship with him so that we can, by his power, the power of the Spirit, fulfill what he wants to do in our life. It runs from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Don't, don't look at it at this point, but if you'll go back and look at Exodus chapter 20, verse 6, and it's talking about having no engraving images before him when he's giving the Ten Commandments. You'll have no other gods. You'll have no engraving images. He says, don't do that. And then he says, because that's wrong, and I, I'm not going to let that happen. I want to be first place in your life. And he said... And those who love me will keep my commandments. Way back at the, in Exodus, Moses is getting this word from God. And then in John chapter 14. Go to John chapter 14. Look at that one. John chapter 14. Verse 15. It says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Jesus himself is saying that to the disciples. Listen, what was said to Moses, I'm now saying to you, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. Just like Adam got Eve. Each one of you has the Holy Spirit to help you. I will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. And you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. God has been putting this all together and he knew we would struggle with that great commandment. That the, the, the great commission. He, he, he said, that's going to be tough. But if you'll fall madly in love with me, watch what I will do in you. And so here's my question for you this morning. Do you love him? Now, don't answer too quick. Do you love him? I mean, have you fallen madly in love with him? I know you love him. But have you fallen madly in love with him? Well, you're willing to eat Chinese food if that's what it takes. No, that's silly. If you fall madly in love with him, you will find, wow, thank you for your authority, Father, that I go in your name. Thank you for the assignment you've given me. And thank you that I'm never by myself. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. And let's just keep letting the intimacy flow between us. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Father, would you speak to us today? Father, I know we love you. But Father, I'm struggling to fall madly, madly in love with you. And it's a process. And I think I'm doing better now than I was 
20 years ago, but I trust that 10 years from now I'll look back on today and say I, I wasn't near then what I am now. I, I pray that it's a growing love. And Father, if there's anyone here today that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, they're separated from you, Father. They're separated from your love and your intimacy. And I pray that today they will say, I want to know that God. I want to experience His love. I want to experience that intimacy of someone who has already formed me in my mother's womb. And Father, for those who know You, are we surrendered to You? And are we doing our best to obey Your commands because we love You? Help us to to respond to your love and your grace this morning. For it's in Christ's name I pray.